When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Manchester United are still top of the Premier League. Nothing shows the change in mentality at the club more than the all-round disappointment of drawing at Anfield, where Liverpool have not lost in the Premier League since April 2017. United were not at their very best. Liverpool were not at their very best, but it was still a decent game. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said after that 0-0 draw that it's only a good result if United win their next couple of games. He was absolutely right. And United have started well on keeping that promise by beating Fulham 2-1 at Craven Cottage on Wednesday night. We're recording immediately after. And as well as giving you your regular youth and women's roundup, we'll be looking ahead to another game against Liverpool in the FA Cup. Jack, let's begin quickly with Fulham. Um, and I, I guess the, the immediate reaction, we are recording this, what, 10 minutes after full time. And the immediate reaction is, this is the month of Paul Pogba. This could prove a decisive month in the season. The top of the Premier League is very close. United have asserted themselves as one of the challenges for that title in, in some, uh, in some regards, to some extent. And, and so far, Pogba has been the man in those decisive moments. A wonderful goal against Fulham, a good display against Liverpool, and now against Burnley, West Ham and Fulham, big goals, match-winning goals. And uh, he he made more passes, more tackles, more interceptions, more possession gains than anyone else on the pitch for United on Wednesday. And it was a, just a, a really good performance. January 2021 is a huge month for this football club and at the moment a huge club in the arc of, of Paul Pogba's career at Manchester United as well. He's been brilliant. He really has. And he's been brilliant, yeah. not only in the things that we expect him to be brilliant at, but also putting in displays in positions that are maybe unfamiliar to him, being asked to do a, do a job that he isn't perfectly suited to, as he was against Liverpool, where I thought he was also very good and, and went under the radar a little bit because he was sort of shifted out to the right-hand side. But his performance against, against Fulham was sublime. He, he He ran the game for us really from... The 10th minute onwards, um, when our performance started to pick up, it was all through him. He was the one really driving us forward, allowing us to play into the forwards and into the wide areas without just sort of recycling into the back line over and over again as we were through most of our other players on the pitch. And he popped up with 
a moment of genius, really, for the goal. He plucks the ball out of the sky with an amazing touch yep. and falls right at his feet, cuts inside onto his weaker foot, and that strike is just phenomenal. And it's a it's a wonderful sign, and I think a big testament to what Pogba is doing at the moment. That, as you say, it's not just which has been a criticism of him during his time at United. These performances aren't just in sort of quote easy situations, you know, where we're already two three nil up, and he puts the finishing touches on a four nil win. These are big match-winning goals in really important situations yeah. that are keeping us at the top of the league. There's full credit to him and full credit to Cavani as well, who you mentioned, who I thought was excellent against Fulham. He did really well when he came on against Liverpool as well. And I think his impact is is invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. Cavani's movement is is just unmatched in what I've seen for the last couple of years at United. And he adds this this energy and uh, just by just by moving constantly over the pitch, um, pulling out towards the wing, um, keeping that central position sometimes, offering uh, options deeper in the pitch and and, and pressing as well. He he gives this energy to United, which I think rubs off on the other players, but also just gives it its own individual quality. And together, I think they're, they're, they're such, I mean, you wouldn't have said this about Pogba until very recently, but th- those two together recently are, are tenacious players. And, and we expect that from Fred and from Tom and A and, and from, um, uh, from Wan-Bissaka, from Luke Shaw, from Rashford. But, and I guess you expect it from Cavani as well, but Pogba has kind of matched Cavani um, in, in the last few weeks, and, and Fred showed typical tenacity to um, win the ball back for the the first goal. I, I, the first goal is is Cavani just pouncing on something. The second, I, I, uh, just thinking that as you were talking about Pogba, but it sums up Pogba the way he takes it down, takes down that loose ball. Um, just perfectly with the perfect touch, then beats two men and then whips it in with his weaker foot. And I've just seen him uh, some quotes on Twitter from him. And it's another thing that he, he is constantly talking now and, and giving interviews and giving them very well. And he was saying it's, it's a hard game. They press really well. They stay compact, but that he, he was mad after the Liverpool game for not scoring the chance, which was probably the biggest chance of the game apart from maybe Bruno Fernandes's, but he should have done better with that, but that today's one has gone in um, and that he loves winning and he is speaking well. And um, I guess there's just that uh, all round feeling. This is another away win, another win coming from behind. And you kind of, it, it makes sense that, that United have the character come from behind now. You see it all over the team. That mentality shift is really telling and it's showing up, I think, again, in different types of situations and in different types of games, which is really pleasing. You know, in some ways, it can be easy to have a good mentality against the likes of Liverpool, against the likes of Man City, you know, to stick to your task, to stay compact, to take joy in, in a clean sheet, you know, those kind of things. But, but against the, the likes of Fulham, you know, no disrespect to Fulham, but this isn't the type of game that a Manchester United team is sort of, you know, preparing their whole season for or re- really relishes playing in. And so to still have that strong mentality that be able to respond like we did to going behind, which at this point, we're probably quite comfortable with playing yeah. from behind, to be honest, because it's happened so many times this season. And although that isn't a good thing, you can't help but, but you know, give praise to the way that the players respond to going behind time after time. Immediately against Fulham, we were on the front foot. And to be fair, other than the first 10 minutes when we did start very slowly and Fulham took the lead, I think we actually played okay. It was probably actually the first and last 10 minutes. We were really under the cosh at the end. And again, yeah, we need to yeah. improve the way we see out the game. But other than that, I thought we were actually pretty good and, and fully, fully deserved the, the win. Most of that coming down to the strength of three players that you mentioned, Fred, Pogba and Cavani. Yeah, I think so. And 
and it, it's not really surprising either. Those players have been good for the last couple of weeks, and I, I'd add Luke Shaw to that. Not particularly for the for the Fulham game, but for the Liverpool game where he probably had his best performance in the United shirt. And and the mentality change look that they've come out. And, I mean, we're just seeing a couple of quotes on Twitter is recording this now, and, and they're speaking well after the Fulham game. But I think it was clear after Liverpool game, um, and we can talk about the performance in a second. Uh, but the if I read some quotes from that, Luke Shaw said after the, the nil-nil draw, it's a bit flat in the dressing room right now. Harry Maguire said, we feel a bit disappointed. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said, I'm disappointed with that. And that's exactly how it should be. That is the right mentality for Manchester United. But the the contrast is is what makes this notable. The contrast with years gone by. And, and it's even, I mean, I, I guess Pop is a, an easy one to hone in on, to be fair, because... You think about him over the last couple of weeks. Against Liverpool, he played on the right. Against uh, Burnley, I think it was, he played on the left. Against Fulham, he played in the middle. Luke Shaw has has played at left-back. Alex Tellers has come in. Um, Aaron Basaka has come in and out of the team in, in, in the last couple of weeks. And, and Bayer and Lindelof are competing very well for that centre-back spot. And the same is true in midfield. The same is true up front. And all of those things seem so different to past Januaries. I, I think back to when Popper released... Um, released the the pogmoji or something like that but uh there's the hashtag on on i can't remember what the the hashtag was but anyway it came up with popper's name after it and then we played liverpool and he had an absolute shocker it probably his worst game yeah. for united when he, when he got played as a number 10 yeah and i, I th- i'm fairly sure that was in january um i'll check that when while while you're applying but um it does just the contrast for the last few years and it's only halfway in the season but everything feels so so different it does feel different it feels like one we have a lot more togetherness than we have in the past which I don't think in fairness to this this crop of players I don't think is anything that new you know we've had this togetherness really since the first day that Solskjaer arrived I think what's different is you're seeing this togetherness combined with a mentality shift on the pitch and it's this ability to bounce back, to be resilient. And you can see it just in the way that we defend. You know, six to eight months ago, we never would have been able to sustain, you know, sitting back at Anfield and really not even giving them one clear-cut chance, which we didn't really throughout the game. There were maybe one or two half chances that on another day could have gone Liverpool's way, but there was nothing, you know, really open for them throughout the game. And just that mentality shift to be able to stick to our task and stick to what system Solskjaer has put us in is... It's huge. You know, that's the kind of thing that good teams, champion teams are able to do. That's what, what they're made of. It's that they, they can be chameleon, like they can adapt. And no matter what tasks they're given, they're able to adapt like that, even the star players. It's something we maybe haven't seen enough of at, at United over the last few years. The ability for our, our top players in particular to adapt and, and to, to do a job for the team. But Pogba is, is the ideal example of that recently. As you said, played all across the pitch on the left, right, in the middle. And in all of the positions, he's done a job. He's been very, very good. I think that that really sums up the way that this team is galvanised, yeah. the way that they're playing for each other. And you can really see it in the way that they are sort of working hard for for the other players on the team. It's, you know, even when the football might not be perfect at times, it, it's fun to watch this United team working Definitely. for each other. And there, there were some, some lovely bits of football in that second half. There was one moment where I thought, um, the second half against Fulham I'm talking about, the one moment where... Uh, do you remember the was it the fourth goal against Newcastle when Donny van der Beek came on and the, that counter-attack goal that Bruno rifled right into the roof of the net 
And I thought that was going to happen in a, in a similar way down that left side again. I think Pogba, uh, Cavani and a couple of other, and Rashford were involved and they didn't quite come off, but it was that, that, that quick football played with back heels and, and, and vision and awareness of what's around you. And you thought that was, I think it was Fernandes and Cavani down right. left. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, there was some nice football there. And, and look, we've, we started for this very positive. We're 10 minutes in and I don't think we've had a bad thing to say yet. And there certainly are bad things to say. The, the goal we conceded to Fulham was farcical. Um, Popper didn't play to the whistle, should absolutely have followed his man. And that was a, a near criminal mistake. He's obviously made up for it in a big way. And Wambasaka should, is the far fullback on that line and has a perfect sight of the line across from him and doesn't. Um, keep the Fulham attacker offside and doesn't keep the line with the rest of his teammates there are these negatives and, and we didn't finish our chances against Fulham we didn't ch- finish our chance against Liverpool we had some nervy moments against Fulham and as you mentioned a couple of minutes ago we made it hard for ourselves in the last 15 minutes against Fulham so th- these are all there and and that's what causes the hesitancy for us to say United are going to go and win the league um, they all that problem but we're, I think we're 14 games unbeaten in the league. And instead of these games against Burnley, West Ham, Fulham being draws, they're wins. And we didn't manage to get a win against Leicester, but we have done in these these few games and against Wolves as well and against Aston Villa as well. These games that would have been draws are wins. And that I think that is why we're top of the table on 40 points after 19 games. The, the turnaround from the start of November... Is, is quite remarkable. It was November the 1st, the last time we lost in the Premier League, 13 games ago. 10 wins, three draws in that time. <laughs> that, you know, you, you just can't even imagine going back to after the Arsenal defeat when I was really, really down because that was a really poor performance and we just looked like we had no ideas. And the turnaround is massive. You know, of course, there's probably a degree to which we're playing on confidence a little bit, but the, there are so many signs that this isn't just sort of a magical run like we've seen from Solskjaer before. The football that we're playing and the the different ways in which we've won football games, I think speaks volumes to the fact that this looks to be more of an actual progression of a side rather than just a team sort of riding high on confidence. You know, you go back to uh, when after lockdown ended and Project Restart at the end of last season, we were playing really well, winning a lot of games, but we're winning every game in the, in the same manner. And don't get me wrong, it was great football that we were playing and, you know, really ripping sides to shreds in, with sort of fast flowing football. But it was all the same and it makes it difficult to to know whether that is just a good patch of form where you're playing well on confidence or an actual sort of progression in the uh, the way that this team is, is going forward. But I think, you know, we've won all kinds of games and played against all kinds of opposition in this run. Yeah. You know, we played big teams, we've played teams in the uh, mid-table, we've t- played teams in the bottom half, we've been tested, you know, gone behind quite a few times, home and away. It's, it's been brilliant all over the place. So I think they are, they're really positive, positive signs of how sustainable this run is. It's probably not going to be perfect. And I still would put us behind Liverpool and City in the yeah. uh, favourites for the title race. But we're exactly halfway through the season now. And we're top of the league. We are genuinely in a title race, whether we sustain it or not. Just to be able to say that now, halfway through a season, 
that's yeah. it's magical. Yeah, it's brilliant. And I, I was saying to you just before we started recording, I missed the, the first quarter of an hour of the second half because the snow started falling dramatically in Manchester and went out for uh, a street snowball fight. It was nice to know there was some other life around um, <laughs> in, in this time of lockdown. But um, the snow falling, United at the top of the league, it's a... Uh, so a wonderful winter's night. Um, the game at Anfield, we, we've mentioned it. And I, I mean, I don't want to think about another game against Liverpool. <laughs> uh, the, the early morning nerves, the, the mid-morning yeah, confidence, the, the lunchtime, the nerves come back again. And then at 4.30pm, two hours of intense fidgeting, nail-biting, stomach-churning football. And in reality, not much happened in the game to, to scare United. But that didn't stop me from having a, a very tense, horrible couple of hours. It was hardly a nice experience. I guess in the end, the truth was that we couldn't get past Allison. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've got I've got a few talks on this on the, on the game, which we'll come to soon. I I actually don't think it was quite as bad a game as it has been made out to be. I I quite enjoyed. I didn't enjoy watching it. It's, it's impossible to enjoy a, a United Liverpool game, really, as, as a United fan, unless you take an early lead. But I thought it was a, I thought it was an okay game. There was some decent football played. It wasn't, you know, the first 15, 20 minutes, we were, we were very poor. We could barely get out of our yeah, own, yeah. Uh, our own half. I think the, the midfield of, of McTominay and Fred, you saw the downside of that midfield in the first 15, oh, yeah, 20 minutes because yeah. they were okay defensively. But the problem, the problem was that we couldn't get out. And even when the ball did fall to us, they didn't quite have the quality in those moments to play that one pass that would spring us on the counter-attack. After that, we came back into the game massively and, and really, from that moment onwards, I thought we were arguably the better team. I think definitely in the second half, we were the better team. Obviously created two massive chances with Fernandes and Pogba. Defended brilliantly all game. Like I said, really, I think Liverpool had one good chance with Firmino where he could have played it to Robertson and then Thiago had a shot from the edge of the box. I mean, the Thiago one's not really a, a good chance. It was a decent strike and a good save from De Gea. But other than that, you know, Liverpool have, have sort of got all the plaudits this week in the media for, you know, sticking it on us and taking charge of the game. But I mean, I didn't think they were very good and I thought we were comfortable in defence and probably should have won the game in the end. Yeah, I would say so. The the biggest chances of the game, Fernandez. I mean, uh, the, the Fernandez and the Pogba chance, um, it, there's there's not much more you can ask from both of them. They both basically do their job, which is to in they were they were both not chances where you really had time to think about the placement of your shot. You just had to respond to the cross and or or the loose ball and, and get it on target. And that's what they both did. They came up against a good keeper. Poppers was straight at the keeper, but I mean he scuffs that shot very slightly and he probably scores. He hits it really true and instead it, it rifles right into Allison's chest and Fernandez is, is is stopped by a good save and um again maybe he could have lifted it that shot just a foot off the ground. The Allison's save reminded me so much of De Gea's save oh, from Matip yeah. a few years ago at the same end at Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah, very true actually. Um yeah, absolutely. And it, it is a really good save. And, and if you're being really critical, maybe Fernandez tries and lifts that up because if you can get that ball off the floor, you've got the chance of a deflection and it taking in or it's going to lift itself above the keeper's foot. Yeah. Um, I, think, I but think the Pogba it, chance for me was was probably a worse effort from Pogba in that it was yeah. straight into Alisson's chest. But either way, you know, Alisson's done well to get out and cut the angle down. He's got, it's just one of those things on, on another much, day those chances go in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's, he hasn't got much to... He, he, I mean, look, if you're... 
you, you, you want your very best players and Pogba is one of them at the moment to finish those chances when they come. And in a game at Anfield, you're absolutely right. This, this was no a board draw and this was no kind of defensive effort from United. This was kind of what United do at Anfield, which is try and get through the first half. And then once you get through the first half, you try and get through the next 15 minutes and you try and at some point take a goal. And that is what we've done under almost every manager and every performance I can remember at Liverpool. The, the, any other tactic is is just uh, non-realistic. Um, it, it's slightly different at City, but at Anfield, uh, uh, Gary Neville was saying it on Monday Night Football that th- that was always the tactic under Silas yeah. Ferguson. And so you want your your best players to take take those chances, and they didn't. We came off against a really good keeper, but I guess. It, it, uh, Solskjaer said I mentioned this at the very start Solskjaer said if we win our next couple of games this has been a good result and I completely agree yeah I, I totally agree with Solskjaer and we've obviously started well in that regard beating Fulham I, I, I've i been really really frustrated with the media reaction to what happened to Anfield I think there's just such a tendency among everyone analysing football and, and other sports to be fair to just completely base reactions to games based on the end outcome when actually that isn't how you should be analyzing sort of a setup or tactics or a system or decisions in a game there are so many things that are essentially random in sport that end up completely changing whether a a decision looks like a good one for example in this game i think the way we set up was actually absolutely fine not you know not including the first 15 20 minutes that we were very poor but outside of that if fernandez or pogba buries one of those chances this would be written about, written about as one of the best Man United performances in a long time, especially away from home at a big club like Anfield. Likewise, yeah. if Salah or Firmino score one of Liverpool's chances, we we all of a sudden get battered as a team who's naive and doesn't know how to win big games and all this stuff. You know, there's been so much written about that we should have you know dominated the game more and put our authority on the game, but we do that and concede a goal on the counter attack, and suddenly you know again we're we're naive, we're inexperienced, all this stuff. You just can't win sometimes, and and so often these these narratives that get written are so down to effectively whether one player puts a ball an inch either side of a goalkeeper's foot, you know? And actually, I think if you look at it in a bigger picture, I thought we did okay. Again, we defended brilliantly. Yes, we sat back and we we let Liverpool have the ball. We didn't exactly, you know, sit back with no intent. We were looking to be aggressive on the counter attack the entire game. And while we're at it, I didn't really see Liverpool exactly trying to take the game by the scruff of the neck and do much with their intent either. They never made an attacking substitution. Every single one was like for like. They never do, to be fair. Sorry? They never do. I I, I remember multiple games against certainly Klopp's Liverpool where you expect that kind of attacking substitution to come and it it never does. No, they they don't. Because normally the front three can be relied upon to get a goal eventually, but obviously they're in a bit of a slump at the moment. You know, they didn't really push their fullbacks as high as normal. Maybe that's because we... We, they were worried about our threat on the counter-attack as well. You know, at no point in the game did I feel like we were boxed in after the first 15 minutes. Mm. And I just think the analysis of of this performance and performances in general, you can't just base it solely on the outcome, or yeah. ba- at least in terms of just one or two chances that could go either way. In my eyes, this was a good performance by Man United after the first 20 minutes and one that actually showed a lot of maturity in a game which... I think we probably should have won. I, I agree that I, I agree that it was a, a decent performance, and I think we probably just deserved to win. Um, I, but then I, 
I think I think basically if, if we had one, people wouldn't be saying that's a ridiculous result. I'm not sure we deserve to win. I think a draw was probably the right result. But I do, th- and I, I think the performance was decent, but I do think it, it, it there was elements to it where the, a lot of the execution was poor um, in what we're trying to do. We'd counter-attack and we'd give possession away too easily. We'd um, try to be marking Thiago and Bruno would kind of just let him go past him. There was a lot of moments where you thought we're not, we're not doing this well enough in terms of the approach. I agree that it's not there to be, to be got at. I don't think, but it was, there were a lot of poor bits to the performance. On the other hand, there were players yeah, like, that's definitely true. The, the execution was, was messy to, to say the least going forward. Yeah. On the other hand, there, there were players like Luke Shaw, who had an absolute storm of a game. Um, created chances yeah, and kept Salah out of the game at the same time and to do both of those things is a is a great achievement and Maguire and Lindelof were equally excellent or not equally excellent but also very good and as we've already yeah. said Pogba was very good um, so it it was it, it was decent um, and I just you know I don't reality, it definitely wasn't a, an amazing performance from United and there was a lot that could be improved mainly in, in the execution which is why I've been somewhat surprised and frustrated at the narrative that's all been taken out of this and that we didn't show enough intent and the approach was wrong. I think actually the, yeah. the approach was, was fantastic. It was spot yeah. on. It was the execution wasn't there. Yeah. And now Saturday, it's, it's got a kind of a two leg feel <laughs> to it. Um, yeah. In the FA Cup. And, and, and it, I mean, even more two leg feel because the first was, well, was a draw and but this one we're going in nil nil and there has to be a winner on the day. Um, so it, it really kind of does feel like that at Old Trafford. Um, Sunday game or live on BBC one, um, which will, will be really good. And I think, I, I guess there's, okay, what do you think social will be resting players for this? Not, I'm not, no, there are obviously not going to be wholesale changes. Um, but there was an interesting piece in the athletic actually about Luke Shaw's improvement saying, and so some quotes from Solskjaer where he says, because of Alex Tellez, Shaw has been able to go full tilt every game he plays because he knows he's not playing every game now. He knows he's going to get a rest, so he doesn't have to hold anything back. He doesn't have to give 90% so he can can rest up better for the next game because he can go full tilt everything. You'd expect Shaw to start on Sunday though. Um, so is it, do you think either manager will be resting players? I've, I've been trying to sort of figure this out in my head because I'm, I'm really unsure. I'm, I was actually very surprised that we didn't rest a few players against Fulham. I expected Bruno Fernandes to get a rest after he looked very tired on on Sunday against Liverpool because I, I expect us to rest some players against Fulham and then have a full-strength team at, against Liverpool in the FA Cup. Having not really rested anyone at Fulham, it now makes me wonder what sort of team we're going to power against Liverpool. I'd be very surprised if there are wholesale changes from either team. I reckon there'll be a few, few bits of rotation for example, Alex Tellers maybe coming in, maybe Van der Beek playing for United, uh, maybe likes of one matter coming in and Greenwood will probably start. But I don't think it'll be more than three or four, if, if that. You know, I, I really don't, regardless of the fact this is the cup and both teams' focus will be on the league at this point in the season. I think it it's too big a game, too big an occasion. And especially for us, more so than Liverpool, given that we haven't won a trophy in a few years, too big an opportunity yeah. in the FA Cup. To, to completely go wholesale changes. We also do have Sheffield United as our next game in the Premier League at home. 
And so if Solskjaer didn't want to rest against Liverpool, he does have an have a uh, an opportunity to probably rest and rotate some players against Sheffield United after that. Yeah. I've I've actually just remembered something I was going to say in uh, when you were talking about the the media reaction to the game. And and this applies for the the upcoming game against Liverpool which you would think will again be decided on fine margins. Um whether that's penalties or um or or extra time or within the 90 minutes. But it's something uh, Ian Wright was talking about on Wrighty's House, uh, a podcast on on the Ringer Network, which massively recommend. Probably my go-to podcast of the week at the moment. Wrighty's House is is brilliant. Um, but talking about how how sometimes in football, and I think especially at the moment when games are coming so quickly and and, and the the league is changing at such a speed. I mean, United drew to Liverpool, stayed top of the league went down to second on Tuesday night, third on Wednesday night, and then back up to first on Wednesday night. And his point and my point is that maybe especially this season of all seasons, sometimes in football we're so keen to push analysis onto something and sometimes maybe it's just better to say, all right, that happened. Let's let's wait a bit and then we can talk about it. Let's kind of say, actually, that didn't have that big of an impact. And I think that's probably the case with the Anfield game. Um, this Sunday, I expect will be different in that regard because it's obviously a cup competition and it does have um, bigger ramifications. But the Anfield draw is, is not not that significant. And and it, it could prove significant in a few weeks' time, absolutely. But for now, it's kind of like, well, actually, why don't we just kind of move on? Yes, in some ways, the beauty of, of where we are at, at this point in the season is that Yes, the league is close and we obviously don't want to give up being top of the league, but this isn't April or May. You know, we don't have to agonise over a point here and there, especially in the big games against the likes of Liverpool, Man City, especially away from home. Getting a point at Anfield is is okay at this point. And Solskjaer, I think, spoke brilliantly after the game when he said that, you know, the performance was okay, but we are disappointed with the outcome. But more than anything, we win our next two games you know, we're, we're okay. And this looks like a good result. And I think it's a good point that you don't, I think we've, we've talked about this before in the way that last few seasons have massively shifted the goalposts in terms of what's expected from top teams in the Premier League. And that this year, it feels like the league has got a lot worse, but I think actually it's more just a regression to the mean in that big teams are expected to drop points. You know, it's only really been the last two seasons where Liverpool and City have set the standards yeah. so ridiculously high that the norm has become, you know, you win 33, 34 games out of the 38. That, that, that's just not normal. You know, it's normal to get sort of in the, in the, in yeah. the mid eighties to win the league. And that's sort of where this season looks to be trending. And so it's okay to drop some points here or there against the big teams in particular. It's games like today against Fulham and against Sheffield United next week that are the important ones to keep picking up points and not drop anything in those kind of games. Yeah, absolutely. Right, Liverpool Saturday, we, we need to wrap up shortly, but um, sorry, Liverpool Sunday even. Victor Lindelof started at Anfield. Oh, let, oh, and we're going to go through a couple of, of line-up questions. Lindelof or Bailly for Sunday? I, I I was watching the Liverpool game and I, I was trying to think because, look, Bailly's been in excellent form and, and started against Fulham as, as well. And I was trying to think why has Solskjaer started Lindelof? And I think the conclusion I've come to is obviously we were trying to get behind Liverpool's line 
And we, I mean, we saw offside after offside with, with Marcus Rashford and others. But I think it's because the one thing Lindelof probably has over by, because I was trying to work that out, is he, he's got those balls that he can clip over the top of the opposition defence. And we've seen it on a few occasions. Yeah. I think he's probably played a part in creating at least two goals this season. I'm trying to cast my mind back through those little balls over the top. I think Baye's better at stepping out of defence and moving with the ball into midfield. And he's sometimes better at the small passes around the back. But by the end of the game, and Lindelof had a great game defensively as well, but by the end of the game, I'd, I'd come to the conclusion that that was the reason, in which case it might not be it, it, it might make sense that he's going to start again. Yeah, I'm just trying to go back now. I'm sure there was a goal that we scored recently through one of those Lindelof clipped balls through. There was there was definitely one was recently. Against, I, I'm, was I'm like you, I can't remember who it was against. against. What goal was that? No, Pogba scored that goal. Uh, Pogba scored against, yeah. Maybe it was further, uh, longer ago than that. There was definitely, was it one of the Sheffield United goals? It might have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was the Rashford's first goal against um, against Sheffield United. The first goal in our, in our comeback. He clips it over the top and then Rashford took a great touch and, yeah, and smashed it yeah. in. But yeah, it's, it's a good point. I, I, I think I, Bayer didn't actually have a great game against Fulham tonight. I, I still think that if you're asking me who is the best partner for, for Harry Maguire, I think it's Eric Bailly in terms of the way that they play together. I think their their styles complement each other a little bit more. But there's no denying the way that Lindelof has played this season. He's much improved from his first couple of years at United. And on the ball... When he's under pressure, he, he can get a bit flustered, but but those long balls that he can play over the top are very, very effective. And at the end of the day, I don't think there is that much difference between Lindelof and Bailly in terms of their defensive capabilities. And so actually, I think in this case, because there isn't much between them defensively, picking them based on which one of their styles on the ball suits us better based on who we're playing. I think that's a completely fair way to go in judging who starts each game. Yeah. I mean, it's a wider point. I, something we said earlier, the, the depth in the team is so much better now. Um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I, 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 midfield. Domino Fred, as, as we mentioned, didn't work in the early stages against Liverpool. I think Popper is, is absolutely going to start again. I think Bruno is absolutely going to start again. And um, the, the, the real questions are, do you go with a, a McTominay Fred midfield again? Do you bring the Manu Matic in United at home? So maybe expecting to have a little bit more of the ball um, and try try and screen that defence a bit. It's just his mobility is a concern. And up front, are you going to go with Edison Cavani after his uh, fifth goal for United against Fulham? I think it was number five. It's, it's really tough. It really is. Um, I, I would be surprised if, if Matic starts, to be honest. I yeah. think... Yeah, the mobility is is a real issue, especially actually more so at Old Trafford than Anfield. Because I, I just I've, I've really noticed recently, especially watching Fulham and Anfield back to back, just how much bigger the the, the Old Trafford pitch is than yeah. So I definitely Anfield noticed that at Craven Cottage. Yeah, yeah. I think it was probably because of the the camera angle on that sort of scaffolding gantry that's yeah, up there at the moment. One, but, yeah. um, but even so, I think I think Matic's mobility is, is even more of a concern. At Anfield, especially in a game that is likely to be more open than the league game because it is sort of less less on the line in terms of repercussions if, if you lose. It is winner-takes-all. Both teams will likely be going out to win the game and, and not just settle for a draw an extra time. So I think Matic, I'd be very surprised if he plays. I think we actually might go with a similar midfield to tonight with Pogba and Fred at the base. Maybe McTominay instead of Fred, but I think I think Fred offers a little bit more 
actually in terms of setting us away on, on counter-attacks, he's a bit tidier with the ball than McTominay. I think just not even necessarily quality-wise, I think he moves the ball quicker than McTominay for me. And so I think Fred will probably start alongside Pogba in, in midfield. And I'd be very surprised again if Cavani doesn't start. He did really well against Liverpool when he came on. That was when we started creating a lot of our chances because yeah. he was much better at, at the ball coming into his feet and laying it off to the wide players. And I think he'll start again against Liverpool. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. And I I can't decide whether Solskjaer's going to think of, of basically going with the same tactic or really shake things up. Before the game at Anfield, we spoke about trying to hit Liverpool's defensive line um, with the, the pace of, of Dan James and Marcus Rashford and, and having Pogba behind, feeding them with Bruno behind the strikers too and, and maybe Luke Shaw at left centre-back and Alex Tellers at left, at left wing-back. That does remain an option. And to be honest, I've, <laughs> I have I have confidence in Solskjaer to pick the right one this time. Um, but the, those options definitely remain there. Um, it, one thing that I, I don't think will happen, but I've been thinking about in the last week or so, is the possibility of playing Fernandez up front in as a, as a partner to whoever else is playing up top? Yeah, I often, especially against Fulham, where Cavani started, Cavani tracks back so what so much. Fernandez often ends up playing as our our furthest forward player anyway, and so you, you wonder if you could yeah. almost play whether it's a diamond in midfield, three at the back, or sort of the split strikers that Solskjaer likes doing. If you could play Fernandez in a front line alongside Cavani, and then free up another slot in in midfield to get. Fred, McTominay and Pogba maybe all in the team at, at once. Obviously means yeah, you forgo then Rashford and Martial, but... Yeah, my only concern would be that, that the way Bruno found his space is by kind of sitting on the centre-backs and then coming back and, and dropping into that gap between the defence midfield. And because he does drop back naturally, because that's his position, you, you I mean, it's a fine line between winning the battle of the midfield with a lot of bodies and crowding it yourself in there. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's definitely, yeah, it is one to think about and, and it would be a typically, a typical Solskjaer tactical surprise, like Pogba playing on the right Anfield. Yeah. Every big game he goes into, he, he kind of springs some kind of surprise. We'll probably play three um, we should wrap things up. Talking about all this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we are going to wrap things up very quickly before we do. Uh, United's under 23s return to action with a 4-2 defeat away to Leicester City. Both goals came from Anthony Alanga in the w- Women's Super League. It was a top of the table clash as well in their two. United faced Chelsea away from home and a 2-1 defeat to the Blues saw the champions move back into their top spot, pushing United down into second. Sam Kerr missed plenty of chances early on before Penila Harder put them in front, tapping in a rebound as United failed to clear. Lauren James got United level with a beautiful curler from the edge of the box. She's such a talented young player, but that lead lasted for just four minutes and Frank Kirby was the woman to get Chelsea's second. She's been brilliant since her return for them and Chelsea have a game in hand now and are top on goal difference. United have some work to do. Chelsea are certainly the favourites, but it's the first defeat in 15 games for Casey Stoney's side. Um, They'll now have to be equally excellent as they have been so far in the season to have a chance against Chelsea in the title race. Jack, we're going to wrap things up and go to a patron Q&A uh, where we're going to talk about Van der Beek, um, Greenwood, the substitutions in the Liverpool game and a penalty incident with Fred against Fulham. Um, but for more from you during the week before the Liverpool game at Old Trafford, you can find Jack on Twitter at at UTD Tate, T-A-I-T. And you can find me on Twitter at Harry Robinson 64 and the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P-O-D at the end there. Have a great week. Goodbye.
Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.